Chris Paul gets in. Another wide open three. Pierre Cardin. The first to Booker for the long range. Championship reign. We the valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. P H O E N I X. Phoenix Suns, and you know we up next. Yeah, we working for that championship reign. We the valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. Welcome, everybody, to the Phoenix Suns Aussie Fans Suns Podcast, Season 2, Episode 18. I'm your host, Gavin, and I'm here with Hamo and Nate. How are we going, lads? Very good. Struggling with poor hotel internet as I do this on the road, but uh, we're going to get through it. Very good. Hey, mate. Man, I am fucking excited. Aussie Suns fans, beware. Yeah. I'm back. Without question, he's been up and about today. He's been fucking all over the joint. Um, I have COVID and I have all the symptoms kicked in last night. So we'll see how this will go. I may have a nap halfway through this. We'll see how we go. <laughs> um, week wrap. Two games this week, plus the All-Star game. Um, game one against the Clippers, 103-96 win. Devin Booker, 26 points, 8 and 12 rebounds. CP3, 14 assists. Uh, Houston, 121 to one, uh, sorry, 124 to 121 win. Book, 24 points, 8 and 9 rebounds. Book, 8 assists. And, of course, the All-Star game today, we had... CP3 with 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, um, in one and a half minutes. And uh, we had Book with 20, what do you have, 20 points, five rebounds and something something or other. But um, it was uh, it was an interesting game. How did you guys see the week, Hamo? I thought the week was pretty good. Um, I love the Rockets game personally. It was good to see us have a bit of a struggle against someone that we weren't expecting. Um, But yeah, all in all, it was a good week. Um, You know, I I think it might've been yourself, Gav, or someone else in the chat or on the page mentioned that, uh, you know, CP3 probably got ejected early in the game, knowing that he had the wrist injury and didn't want to, you know, hurt himself any further. Um, Now knowing what we know that he needs surgery and so forth, sheds a little bit more truth to or possible truth to the subject but yeah all in all i thought it was a really really good week for us i didn't watch any of the all-star game uh, mainly because i'm working and i'm not gonna lower myself to that kind of shite um but yeah it was a good week actually the all-star game wasn't bad this year i i actually enjoyed the game i i hated saturday um it was fucking terrible but um the all-star game today was uh, i think uh and Boydle, he's already given me a spray in the chat, but Boydle give me shit about it. But Steph Curry kind of made it exciting. But how do you see the week, Nate? We'll get to the All-Star weekend <laughs> later. Sorry to cut you off, Nate. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, I, CP3 doesn't need surgery, though, does he? Isn't it just a fractured thumb? You're not really going to operate on it. You just put it in a cast? Yeah, pretty much. Didn't, uh, I thought yeah. I read it was, it was surgery. No, nah, it's, it's, it's not surgery. It's just a heel, but... There was uh, there was some people out there today saying that basically he'll get through All Star Weekend and get some surgery and hopefully it's only uh, I, well I posted today in the chat that it's a six to eight week and then I saw something on Twitter today that the likelihood is it's more four to six but um, the the Suns are sort of saying six weeks. Right. Either way, how did I see the week? Two games, so it was a pretty quick week. Um, I got, I got, I caught a bit of the Clippers one. I got to admit, I didn't follow the uh, Houston game. I was, I was busy working. Um, kind of got the updates and the box score and whatnot, and saw that the uh, the early ejection and the later injury and everything from CP3. Uh, mate, it's kind of hard to go through uh, the the players and the stats for those games to come up with the awards, but I've done it. So how about we just move right along and uh, hit hit our nominations for the awards. Um, I dropped the awards for this week because there was only two games, but uh, we can we can do that quickly. Oh, All right, MVP. Well, that, that, will keep, that will keep the uh, pod very very succinct. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to fuck around. Um, Devin Book is the MVP, and Mikael Bridges is a defensive player. Um, anyway, well, let's move on. Um, the week ahead, we've got uh, OKC Friday at twelve PM. 
Saturday against New Orleans in a back-to-back and Monday against Utah at 7.30. How's this week? Three games. What's the uh, what's the scoreline going to be there, Hammer? Scoreline? Um, look, I'm really looking forward to watching OKC, especially to see what happens um, uh, against Giddy. Not that he's some sort of superstar. The Suns have got to be worried, but I just want to see how that ebbs and flows back and forward there. I'm Obviously, with you, Hammer. I, it's it's a shame I'm going to be working, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so I'm I'm still predicting a win there over the over the Thunder, um, New Orleans. Um, look, it's it'll be interesting with their new lineup. You know, add, adding um, CJ McCollum and so <laughs> forth. Um, but I'm really not that worried. Um, you know, the Jazz they got beat by the Lakers the other day, man, and absolutely <laughs> like pantsed. I'm going to say it, pantsed. Um, and plus, they got no more jingles, so fuck them. No, <laughs> no, no more jingles, mate. Mate, the, um, the OKC and the Pels games back-to-back, it's uh, with travel too. So we've got the we've got OKC at home, and then we travel uh, to New Orleans to play the Pels. We're up against CJ McCullum, and we've basically got a completely new backcourt out of the second unit. Um, maybe even the first unit, and if they don't go point book. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. It'd be interesting to assess on the short turnaround what these guys look like. Um, you, you, OKC and Pels are good teams to practice against. Uh, and I too, like uh, Hamo said, am looking forward after Giddy's uh, three-peat triple-doubles to see what, uh, what he's got after All-Star Weekend. And the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell's probably still going to be out for that game, right? Uh, so I don't know. He's he had the pitch. No real challenge mate. there. Could be a good little stretch to keep our run going. I think. Arian's hey, no, real good fun, call. man. Good call. I got to say uh, though, as far as week ahead goes, I did have two little notches down here. Asterisks. It's time DA stepped up proper. He's not playing the minutes. He's averaging like 25, 26 minutes a game, other than the last game where he played 30. So his minutes are down constantly. And if CP3 is going to be out, I think it, it's time he stood up and really showed us what he, that he's worth that max contract. And I kind of, it's not like a hot take or anything, but Aaron Holiday, I reckon he's going to average 20 minutes a game for the rest of the season. That's, um, that's my exciting point i think that we're going to see some um we're going to see some real aaron holiday minutes come out of these three games and i'm really looking forward to see how he goes um by the end of this stretch it wouldn't surprise me if he's starting in front of campaign um and campaign playing the backup minutes with aaron holiday at um, the starting point um i'm actually looking forward to see what happens Uh, that's probably going to take at least the first two games Cameron Payne's going to start if he's back. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him slot back in behind Aaron Holiday if he's going to play with the hustle that he has over the games he's played so far. Um, I still I, Look, I think we go 3-0. and um, But the likely, the possibility is, and, and let's be honest, we've um, there's every chance we drop one of these three, especially without Chris Paul playing. But... Um, I'm going to predict the three and I just say the um, board can't give me shit next week. <laughs> That's fair enough, mate. All right. Um, we'll move on to the next segment, which is the run home. So we are at the all-star break mm-hmm. uh, with the second best record in NBA history at the um, all-star break. Did not um, that. 48 and 10. The only side with a better record is the Warriors who went 49 and the um, nine and the Bulls who went 49 and nine. They still didn't win um, that season. Sorry? They still didn't win that season. Correct. So, um, yeah, the Warriors in the season, they lost to the Cavs, have a better record at All-Star break, but fantastic record. Uh, we've seen a lot of n- narrative this week around, and particularly on Solar Panel and um, PHNX 
fucking podcast. <laughs> and, um, Another and, crack at the acronym. Again, I've got I got COVID, so my head's fucking fuzzy. Um, the the um, the lot of narrative around the fact that, and the the real positive that we can look at. Um, if we lost every game from here to the end of the year, the Golden State Warriors would still have to win twenty three out of their twenty whatever it is, games, six, in six, order to, yeah, 26, 27 games. 24 left. In or, or, tw- so they'd, have to, win, though. they'd have to win 21 of their 24 games in order to knock us out of basically the fucking number one seed if we went 500. So um, basically all we have to do is go 500 between here and the end of the year and we hold on to the number one seed which is why the Chris Paul injury doesn't worry me as much as, um, and probably doesn't worry a lot of people as much as they might've. Um, honestly, I, I still think we run at, even without Chris Paul, we run at 650 to 700 on the run home um, and finish with the one seed and basically carry home court advantage the whole way. How do you see the run home? Then Nate, let's go with you first. Mate, we've um, we always perform better on the road. Book certainly performs better on the road, and our run home has fourteen away games and ten home. So, to to just even if we want to just break even, just to crawl into the playoffs healthy and with energy, I think we're well poised to do it, just by looking at the away versus home. As far as strength of schedule, it's a it's a pretty good mix of uh, everything. Uh, I think strength of schedule, we've got like the 10th easiest run home. Uh, Something like that. No, I read the other day. I mean... And the Lakers has have the hardest. Good luck, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, February and March, if you just look at the rest of this month and the next month, we've got eight home and 10 away. So there's 18 games up to the end of March, and then there's just six games going into April. So even if they just focus on finishing out to March strong and then start resting players for those last six games and who cares you know i don't think we're looking to just go and break records here for the sake of it we want to be poised to position ourselves to have that playoff run proper and take the finals hey mate man nate's nate's hit half of it um you know we're in a great position right now we really need to keep up the valley vibes so to speak um we're just, we're absolutely killing it, man. Um, you know, the chance of missing out on CP3 for a while, now with the addition of Aaron Holiday, I don't think it's going to be that much of a drama. Um, it tends me to maybe think that they knew this injury might have been coming for a while. Like it's, oh, it's you know. You, oh, look, you, you never know. I mean, we, we're fairly deep in most positions. Add another point guard at that stage. You know, you've got to have in the back of your mind, maybe Chris Paul is going to get injured like he did last year or possibly... He only missed, he's, he's... He only missed two games in the regular season last year. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, like, towards the playoffs, his hand was sore and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so he, he wasn't at full performance. To your point, um, Hammer, I, I don't think they said or thought he's going to be injured, we better prepare. It's more like, this happened last year, let's fix it so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's like a conspiracy or anything, you know, like, I just thought maybe they knew he was hurt. Maybe it wasn't a serious injury yet, Um, but every chance that he's going to need surgery, so let's stock up his his position so he can take, you know, a couple of weeks off, get it fixed, come back full swing. I'd rather Um, believe they just went and got Aaron Holiday because Peyton's shit. Yeah, I think that's the case. Oh, there's that too. He's a great he piece as he, well. He absolutely didn't hurt himself until the ref fucked him. <laughs> the other question I've got is, do we have any idea when campaign's back? Yeah, he's back straight after All-Star break. Okay, yeah. great. That's what they're talking about. Beautiful. I'm more, so uh, look, for the run home, man, that's, that's basically what I'm looking at. I'm glad that we got someone to take over for CP3 um, and just keep up the hashtag Valley Vibes. Well, I'm, let's keep those uh, vibes going with that uh, Houston game where Peyton got played three minutes or just shy of three minutes. Let's hope that's a new trend. Yeah. And, well, I think, well, with campaign coming back, I think Holiday's already gone past Peyton. Um, 
The other one I'm really interested in in the run home, especially with Chris Paul out of the lineup, is Landry Shamit's going to get enough time to actually settle himself into the lineup and make an impact. And if he doesn't, he's going to be riding the pine a hell of a lot. Yep. He's got plenty of time to learn how to shoot all over again. Now, the only other thing I will add to that is in the run home. Obviously, Chris Paul out for six to eight weeks. Probably, I think it's probably going to be more likely four to six. Do we hit the buyout market? We'd have to waive a player. Um, that player, unfortunately, will likely be Frank Kaminsky. Oh. But, um, oh, well, I, look, I hope they waive Alfred Payton, but Frank yeah. Kaminsky is <laughs> likely Why not, not going to play both. for the rest of the year. Well, Frank's um, not going to play, so it does make sense. Um, I, I, I could see them waving Frank. Um, do we hit the buyout market? And there's a lot of chatter around on Sun's Twitter in particular um, around, uh, well, let's put it this way, kicking the tyres on Goran Dragic. A bit of talk around uh, Dennis Schroeder. Um, I hate that fucking idea, just quietly, on the Dennis Schroeder thing. Okay. But, I hate fucking both. Um, personally, I hated it. But certainly on Dragic, is there anyone else um, in the buyout market that any of you can think of at the moment, particularly around the point guard, maybe a backup point guard setup that would be uh, worth us kicking the tyres on in the buyout? Mate, I, I ripped up my uh, buyout market list uh, at the trade deadline. <laughs> I thought, no, nah, we're done. We're not, we're not doing the buyout market. We're set. And then... Yeah, CP3 goes down and then Frank's just hanging in there on the end of the bench, not doing anything and taking up a roster spot. So, look, I'd be surprised if, if James Jones doesn't do anything, but I've got no idea um, looking at, you know, what's out there. Am I anything? Without completely understanding the buyout market, I'm assuming, okay, we give up, give up Frank. Do we get his money back or what happens there? No, no, he's waived. He's waived for the year. But Frank's contract's 1.8, but we have the 4.5 MLE. So okay. basically, so the only we person got, you're talking about. The only person I'd be looking at would be bringing back Rubio. I don't want drug itch, man. No, Ru Rubio's done an ACL. Yeah, he's done. Oh, is he? Oh, geez. Sorry, man. I missed that totally. Yeah. Um. Well, I still don't want drug itch, man. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know if he's going to come back here. I, look, I agree. I agree already, with that. The, he's already had two games, hasn't he? Um, yeah, and and Ryan McDonough completely and utterly fucking burnt him. Yeah. So there's every chance that Dragic just goes no because the talk is Miami or the Nets for Dragic. Um, oh, Nets. Now, reality is that everybody else that is on the buyout market only has the vet max or the vet min that they can pay. So 1.9 mil. Yeah. And it doesn't we, matter what our salary commitments are. We can we pay for it. We can always pay it to fill the roster spot. So the Suns can actually pay four and a half million bucks. Um, so we are in a much better position than everyone else if a point guard comes on the market. Now, awesome. We can pay more for somebody else's shit they don't want. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not sure that Goran Dragic is completely shit. Um, I was talking in general. <laughs> I know that I know that I know that Hamo's not a fan, but Goran Dragic is better than someone he's else's past shit. His prime, man. He's he's better than someone else's shit, especially if we bought him in as a backup to campaign Aaron Holiday. Um, well, at Goran the moment, Dragic. you're talking about him coming in as a backup to campaign being second rung. That makes Goran the third rung point guard. Yeah, potentially, and. Um, That's really enticing to him, right? Well, it is if he gets paid. Well, I suppose it's going to be his last contract, right? Um, uh, and the potential of a chip. Um, at the moment, fucking Brooklyn's in the playoff. My, Miami's then, Miami's a good chance to. Uh, right, look, I think Goran ends up. I, th I think he ends up in Miami. Um, he, he for some reason he loves it there. He loves Jimmy Butler. So. Even even with the contract, Goran's earning enough money that he ends up there. Schroeder's an interesting one. But to be honest, I actually think Eric Gordon will get bought out. And I'd be more than happy for Phoenix to pay him. Um, just the way that Houston are setting themselves up for the rest of the year. But, but there's no yeah. benefit to buying him out. They may as well just bench him. 
Uh, potentially, but the other one, the other one there that they're still talking about buying out is John Wall. Yeah, but he no, that won't happen because he's got too many. How much years is he worth for the year? He's no, got two I, years I did... at forty-four million. 40, yeah, forty on the end, whatever. It's an eighty, ninety to, million dollar contract. It have to, and it had to be a fair negotiation. And I'm, I'm not sure John Wall's going to cop a massive pay cut and negotiate a buyout. So yeah. He's not getting another um, big contract like that again. He's not losing a no, cent. No, no, absolutely he isn't. He's a rich um, client too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. Um, he's, not, no, he's not losing shit. From a point guard perspective, I can't see anything else. Um, the only other buyout option I think that the Suns will consider is that young from the Spurs. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a quick thought. Um, once again, not knowing contracts and understanding what the fuck you're actually talking about. I'm just going to name a point guard <laughs> that I've said from the draft um, a year or two back that I really wanted. Um, could Is there any chance we get Cole Anthony? No. 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 <laughs> no. Did you no. not see that guy? Orlando, Orlando, I that guy. Orlando are not buying out Cole Anthony, mate. He's a 22-year-old point guard. It's not happening. All Orlando no. are doing right now is going to wrap him across the knuckles and give him the old school uh, grade 10 cane for wearing a, a Knicks jersey in the dunk contest. And for, and for fucking nearly breaking his head. I didn't watch that shot. To quote Ash, I was um, too busy watching Liz, Liz Cambridge's uh, OnlyFans. Actually, I'll tell you um, <laughs> I'll tell you who the, uh, the other buyout potential is, now that you said the Knicks, is uh, Kemba Walker. Hmm. He yep. wouldn't play third string for us. He'd be lucky to get a contract. But remember, even even from a buyout, it doesn't necessarily mean they go straight into third string. Um, there, there might be the fact that one of these players like a Kemba or a Dragic come in and pick up that opening starting spot so that we maintain the rotation until Chris Paul comes in. Oh, all right. Let's argue that yeah. point for a minute then. It wouldn't surprise me if Monty did that. Would you start Kemba or Dragic over Aaron or Cam? Uh, I would Dragic. But you wouldn't do Kemba? No. So move it along. Kemba's finished. Um, okay, next segment. Aussies in the NBA is a new segment. Another suggestion that's been thrown up. We thought we'd give this a go, uh, considering it is uh, All-Star Week. We were light on games. We thought we'd have a go at it. We are Basically, this segment is going to be Aussies in the NBA, free reign, discuss the player. All three of us have been given a player, um, and you, we basically, one by one, will go through those players and free reign to discuss their impact on the NBA and basically anything else you want to do. Um, I deliberately didn't give Hamo Ben Simmons because everyone's heard it. Um, <laughs> Nothing new can come out of that. want other people to talk oh, about there's it. There's plenty new to talk about. Man. So we're going to start with Nate. And Nate has the, uh, what how, What do we call him? The enigma of Aussie basketball, Josh Giddy. I don't know where you come up with that name, but yeah, I got Josh Giddy. Um, look, everyone's... He's in everyone's mind at the moment. He's on the, the lips of all the commentators because he's had three triple-doubles in a row. Um, I'm not a Josh Giddy hater. I actually love watching him play. He's extremely unique, and I want to I want to see his growth, and I want to see him extremely succeed. But I also want to just calm it down a little bit because you guys know that I'm a Bullets member, and I've seen him play um, against the Bullets live, and I've watched his games on TV, and... Well, everyone was talking him up as a top five draft pick and like at least top 10. I'm looking at it going, I just don't see it. How does this translate? Um, so you look at the last three games. His 17, 10 and 10 was against the Spurs. He had a 28, 11 and 12 before that against the Knicks. And then he had an 11, 12 and 10 against the Bulls. Well, the Bulls won extremely well earned. Knicks, uh, you, could, you could question that one. Look, either way, to get triple doubles is, is a big feat. And to get three in a row and to be the first one to rock that stat up, it is an incredible thing. But what I want to do is go back and look at what he did in Adelaide, part of the 36ers, as a, a young first-yearer. 
And then look what he's done to date in uh, OKC and the NBA. And to be honest, the numbers are pretty much exactly the same. So he's played, he played 28 games for Adelaide. He's played 53 already for OKC. He played 30, an average 32.1 minutes for Adelaide. He's averaging 31.4 for OKC. His field goal percentage was 42.7% uh, in Adelaide. It's 41.8 in OKC. His three-point percentage in Adelaide was 29.3%. It's 26.7 in OKC. He averaged 7.5 assists a game in Adelaide. He's averaging 6.4 in OKC. He averaged 1.1 steals a game in Adelaide. He's averaging 0.9 in OKC. He averaged 10.9 points a game in Adelaide. He's averaging 12.4 in OKC. And the last one I want to talk about is rebounds because that's where he's got his triple doubles in at. 7.4 was his average in Adelaide and it's 7.8 on the season for OKC. So overall, his numbers are pretty much the same, if not slightly down in OKC. But granted, he's doing it against much better competition and he's done it for a lot more games. Um, so kudos to him. There's a growth curve there and he's hit the NBA running. Like his feet have hit the ground and he hasn't regressed before he's picked up the new skills and stuff. Um, I just wanted to like take a breath, like everyone's hyping up on Josh Giddy. I just wanted to take a breath and actually compare last year in the NBL versus first year in, in OKC in the NBA. Yeah, fair call. Um, That's good, mate. I think I think the major difference is the NBL versus the NBA. Yep. Let's be honest, but and the amount of games played, like it's it's yeah. just shy of twice as many games already played. Hundred um, percent, and he's, he's averaging it. Let's let's be honest. The that Lamelo Ball's numbers in the NBL were pretty similar to what Giddy's were, um, and I think a lot of us watched Lamelo Ball in the NBL and went, eh. And then he went to the NBA, became the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Josh Giddy is top three in the Rookie of the Year right now. There's, I don't think that can be debated, debated at all. Um, I'm really interested to see where this young guy goes. Um, I, honestly, and again, probably pissed Boyd off, but <laughs> I see him as the Aussie Luca. Um, I think he's going to hit those. Well, he's already oh. he's already hitting those numbers. He's He's hitting triple doubles as a rookie um, and hitting them quite comfortably. Um, now, if we all watched Luca in the All-Star game today, he was slow, fat, and <laughs> looked completely out of, out of place in an All-Star game. And the, so team you, he on this podcast? The, team, the team you run around for, the team you run around for helps because if Josh Giddy was a rookie at Phoenix, he'd barely be getting minutes. Let's be honest. At least we wouldn't have given him his third year, though. <laughs> he would have got signed his third year, and we wouldn't have thrown that away. But um, honestly, the, the kid's come up. He's performing, and, and he's performing at a high level in the NBA. So kudos. Kudos to him. Yeah, no, that, that, he's pretty good, man. But I just want to, one second before we get on to the next one, I want to take it back to LaMelo for a second. You said you didn't think it was that, like, outstanding what he did in the NBL. Man, you should have been here in Wollongong when it was happening. It was yeah, but crazy. That's, quite, that's not performance. No, no, no. He was just amazing. you got to watch some of his highlights again. I watched. Man. He was it, it wasn't that good. Uh, was, I, I was waiting for him at uh, and Nissan Arena in Brisbane and, and they, they benched him. They didn't bring him up. Didn't even travel with the team. Prick. <laughs> but I've got some All good right. stories too for off the air. Lovely. All right. Uh, Hamo, Paddy Mills. Man, I was so happy to get Paddy Mills. Seriously. like What an absolute true Aussie legend. You know what I mean? Fella that comes from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander heritage, you know? Um, I'm just I'm going to take a little bit different approach to what, what Nate's doing. I'm just going to list some of the things he's done, you know, and where he started from. He was drafted second round, uh, 55th overall in 2009 by the Blazers. The first, the top five in that year of the 2009 draft were Blake Griffin. Can't remember his first name, but Tharbeat. James... Oh, James someone Harden was number three. 
Um, Tyreek Evans, four. And Ricky Rubio, five. Tyreek Evans. He's a blast from the past. Now, when you look at that list, you know, we all know that draft classes are a hit and miss most of the time. Um, But, I mean, I'm going to keep going now on what are some of the things that he's done. You know, he won the NBA championship 2014 with the Spurs. He's a two-times Andrew Gaze medalist in 2008-2010. His number 13 was retired by St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Olympic Games bronze medal, third place, 2020 Tokyo, the first ever medal that Australia has won in basketball. FIBA Oceania Championship, gold medal, first place in the FIBA Oceania Championship in 2007, 2011, 2013, 2015. On top of all this, what I really love about this guy is the amazing work that he does to both the Indigenous people in Australia and also when he was in the Spurs, there was a lot of talk about the Indigenous culture over there as well. He wanted to meet up with the Hispanic culture. He wanted to meet up with Native American culture and help keep their their heritage and their stories alive. And he put a lot of money and time and effort into that, man. And I just I just love that. So I think you he that will go down. as well, Hammer. I, I like him, man. I really do. I think he's a, a top outstanding guy. You know, he's he's not only an outstanding person for his his own people, but Australia in general. Just that 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 work hard ethic that he's got that not all of us do. But he, he's just got never say die, and I'm just a, 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 a absolute admirer of Patty. So thank you very much for giving me Patty. Um, because he's he's just an, an absolute boss man, and he's going to go down as one of the, if not the, greatest Australian basketball player of all time. Nate. Yeah, look, I've um, I, I, I'm going to try and remember the year, but I think it was 2008. Um, back when, because I've been a Bullets member for a long time, so even before uh, when Eddie Groves owned the team, ABC Learning Centres before he went bust and the team went under and they disappeared after they won the championship that year. Paddy Mills was hot property in, in, in NBL. They wanted him that year, like in, in those years. And he refused to come to the NBL. And it wasn't because he didn't want to play the NBL. He just wanted to go a route. He wanted to go through the college system and he wanted to go the NBA route. And he was committed to that journey. So he was playing boomers before. Well, he was, I think he was still in St. Mary's, to be honest. Yeah, he was. He'd never yep. played an NBL game because he just wanted to go that specific route. And we're like, like 31 oh, or we something. really there. wanted to see him, but kudos to him. He had a route. He stuck to his dream and he nailed it, man. Yeah, he did. And, um, and he, wasn't he one of the nominees for Australian of the Year? Yeah, he was. Uh, and. and... Potentially should have won it. Um, oh, he, come on! He now. won one of the awards. Every everything, everything he won, that he won I'm not Mills, saying he shouldn't have, but I'm not going to. Everything that Paddy Mills has done, he won it. No, every everything that Paddy Mills has done for Australian basketball, and as Hamo said, Indigenous communities within um, within the country and the Tiwi Islands, and Paddy Mills is just he he's just been a standout. Um, human what's what's the word humanitarian when it comes to australian people um, indigenous, a bloke than any three of us. cultural um uh, unbelievable and and probably, everything um, done. plus we reference in the uh don award plus um, he was um second of december when when him and Ar- when uh patty and aaron baines won the title and they came down and um fucking basically uh uh, ghosted a whole heap of news article, uh, news stories, and news fucking things. That was hilarious. So, um, no, Paddy, too. Paddy Mills. Love Delhi was in there. Ripping guy. Delhi didn't play for the Spurs, mate. Fucking and you'd man. love to have a beer with him. Um, and he's and he has led the Boomers with distinction. Let's be honest. He's yep. he is he is a cornerstone of that Boomers side. Um, everything you see from an inspirational standpoint is all based around Paddy Mills. Yeah, man. And, well, Paddy Mills and Joe Ingalls, really, but um, well done. Uh, the last one was supposed to be Boyd. He didn't show up, so I did no research. Um, ben Simmons is the last one. I was 
going to go with Joe Ingalls. <laughs> I was going to just take a breather. <laughs> I was going to go with Joe Ingalls, but he's um, out with a knee injury. He probably won't play NBA again. So I'll go with Ben Simmons. Um, number one pick, um, true blue Aussie icon, um, supports the Australian basketball. Uh, no, I can't back that up. Um <laughs> Supports it so much he wouldn't even let's, go to the Olympics. Let's let's talk <laughs> let's talk about him from a basketball standpoint because that's all I can do. From an Australian standpoint, he fucking let us down and let us down pretty greatly, which is why Hamo hates him. There's no other reason he doesn't hate no, him. There's plenty of reasons. Basketball. That's just why. Nah, bullshit, Hamo. You fucking started hating him because he didn't show up to the Olympics. Um, let's be honest. Ben Simmons' addition to the Brooklyn Nets is a fucking good one he yep. uh, the nets win that trade with james harden yep because ben simmons fits their system and he fits what they are going to be about particularly with their with the way that their roster is structured so um harden pretty much whinged about everything ben simmons doesn't whinge when he shows up and plays he, he will show up and play. Once he's there, he will show up and play. He copped a pretty tough rap from the Sixers after the playoffs last year. Let's be honest. Um, he drove it. Uh, no, he was he was he had to shut his mouth and just he was certainly it up. part of it. I don't think he didn't shut his mouth. He didn't really say anything. Um, Doc Rivers and uh, Joe Embiid were more than happy to throw him under the bus. His sooking really started after that when he refused to show up to fucking training camps and refused to play. But honestly, I think Ben Simmons and Patty Mills together in Brooklyn um, are going to be a pretty good fucking tandem, um, particularly when Kevin Durant is fit. I don't think that'll happen this year, but I think Brooklyn next year will be a pretty damn good side once everything settles in. So, um, well, I just mainly hope before... I hope management emails all the fans in Brooklyn and says, please handle him with kitty gloves. He's costing us a lot of money. <laughs> he is, uh, he's a little bit precious. And before I let Hamo go and fucking destroy the bloke into oblivion, um, honestly, I, I wish nothing but the best for Ben, Ben, Ben Simmons. Um, he shoots. He shoots like a trash bin. Um, I, I hope nothing but the best for him, um, especially with Patty Mills. I, I hope that uh, Brooklyn. I actually like Brooklyn a hell of a lot more as a side now with Durant, Simmons, and Patty Mills than what I did with Harden. Um, and I hope he goes all right. So Ben. I, I really do hope that you're playing with Australia at the next major tournament. And I think by playing with Paddy Mills, you will be. Um, and we'll see a hell of a lot of different attitudes from Australian fans after we see that happen. Go Maybe on, not Before you throw in a hammo. Maybe I'm... not hammo because he's just got this fucking real deep hatred for you. Yeah, before you pass off to hammo, I want to agree with everything you said, except I want to add one thing. I would love to see Ben Simmons play for us at the next International Games, Olympics, whatever it is. But I would like to see him come off the bench. And I want the camera zoomed in on his face as he comes off the bench. I just want to see that moment and then I can move on with my life. Well, let's let's be honest. Uh, I, I sat and thought about it in the eight minutes after Boyd went, oh, no, I can't come on because I'm still drunk from Gavin drinking me under the table. Um, <laughs> oh, Paddy Mills... Josh Giddy, Ben Simmons, Joe Ingalls, and Jock Lander. That's a fair five. That's not bad, eh? We're coming along. Oh. All right, Hamo go. Oh, look, um, I'm I'm not gonna go deep. I'm I'm in a good mood. Um <laughs> so I I put it up. Oh, no, I can't remember where it was. It was on the page or in the chat or something. His new number's number 10, right? Yeah, yeah. 10. Yeah, that's his field goal percentage <laughs> for the next season. Okay. I saw that picture. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Now, now I, actually, I actually, that's one of the things I wanted to pick you on. What? 
How is his field goal percentage 10? If you had a said it's his three-point percentage, I wouldn't I wouldn't be picking you. What's his field goal percentage this year? Well, we know what his field goal percentage is this year. He hadn't played a game. So what's if he his, goes out and his, plays ten and makes one basket, I'm right. Well, he's gonna he's gonna make a hell of a lot more than one basket, and you know it. He's gonna be sitting because on the bench most of the anything. Time. He's not sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah. He's ben gonna Warming ben up Simmons. their towels, chilling their drinks. Hamo, Hamo, thank fuck the board's Trying not to here. slam their girls. Thank fuck that you're, you, you are starting this so that I've got someone with no Boyd. Ben Simmons is an NBA all-star. He fuck me, have... I can rattle off so many different people that are NBA all-stars that don't deserve to be. Okay, well, but Ben Simmons deserved to be when he made an NBA all-star. Fuck it, he did. What he's he, got you he there, Ammo. He got you there when he won it. Why, when he won their title, he deserved it at that particular point. Why was he not deserving of an NBA All Star? Because he didn't hit a three. Because he's a flog. Oh well, that doesn't make him. LeBron James has been an All Star fifteen times. He's been a flog fucking fifteen <laughs> years. He was the first one I was going to name. Doesn't make him not deserving. And Ben Simmons is well and truly deserving of an He is deserving of an anal raping from a fucking Wow. Elephant. Oh, my God. I might have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Tick right. the box. Tick the box. I'm going to give you a Ben Simmons moment that you won't be able to not agree is awesome. Go for it. All right. Try. You, do you, I don't know. Do you even like the AFL? I don't mean Gab like the AFL. Um, I watch one game a year. Okay, right. So there's a 4 and 20 song. <laughs> Gav knows where I'm going with this. About, about the meat pies. No, there's the, the, the 4 and 20 meat pies, and there's a point in the song where they talk about Ben, ben Simmons hits a three, then there's a big pause, <laughs> and then there's a bucket. <laughs> but they are literally taking the piss out of Ben Simmons, but they even have him in there, and his face is in there. Yeah. And that is my favourite Ben Simmons moment of all time. <laughs> yeah, well, Shaq does that to himself all the time about his free throws. Doesn't mean, like, Ben Simmons is good. Anyway, we're rambling on about Ben. I've got nothing else to say, except I'm just going to leave you with this. <laughs> I tell you right now, when Ben Simmons plays for uh, the Boomers, you will flip your fucking uh, attitude. Uh, ben Simmons. Yeah, and because Matisse... I'll support New Zealand. That was the ben boxing Simmons... bell ringing there. Ben Simmons and Matisse Tybal will flip us on our heads. Oh, I love Matisse. Defensively, yeah. I love Matisse. And if everyone listening on the pod who was wondering why there was a pause and we laughed, Hammer held up a um, a piece of, shit. of a shit emoji. But yeah, it's a cool big, one. big plus it's shit. Like, what is it like? Um... <laughs> it's like it's like he's a lounge singer or something like that. You know, it's like he's a. It's a Fonz. Like... It's a Fonz shit emoji. It is a Fonz shit emoji. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, hey. Thumbs up, thumbs, up, yep. thumbs down. Right. Let's do this. We're we're forty two minutes in. We could wrap right, this good. up let's in do an it. hour. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we've got a very succinct three statement. Thumbs up, thumbs down. There's three of us. There's three statements. Let's rock into it and ridicule each other. Can Campaign and Aaron Holiday carry the team with CP3 out for the regular season? Or can we reword that to how it was actually worded the first time? Was it carry the team down the road or something you said? Uh, Can Cameron Payne and Aaron Holiday carry us where we need to go? With CP3 out for the remainder of the season. It's the same thing. We're going to end up. Can we? So where do we need to go, guys? Well, either way. Um, All right, I'll word it again. Can Cameron Payne and Aaron Holiday carry us to the number one seed with CP3 out for the remainder of the regular season? Thank you for the rewording, Gaff. Thank you. You're a thumbs up, Hammer. Gav, what are you? I'm a thumbs up. We are all thumbs up. We believe in Aaron. Uh, statement number two: The All Star Weekend is dead. Hammo. Uh, thumbs up. Really? Thumbs up. I am disagreeing with you. All Star Weekend is not dead. Thumbs down for me. <laughs> and the third one, and we we condense two Devon Booker ones into one here because let's not waste more time than we have to. Devon Booker is a legit MVP. Hammo. 
Um, num- a legit MVP candidate. What's Thumbs up. Thumbs up. What's the difference. Big difference. Fuck off. We're all <laughs> thumbs up. Three of us are thumbs up. All right. So looking back on this, on that first statement that you took all that extra time to reword, we all fucking agree anyway. So yeah, true. <laughs> but it's about the it's about the listeners, not about us. All right. So That's right. how about for the sake of we're not calling each other dickheads because we all agree, you just explain to us why that change of wording was so friggin' important, do you, Gav? Um, because many of the people who listen to this pod will sit there and go, no, they can't carry us without CP3. They can't do it. We only need to go 500. Both of those people we can message personally. We could. We could. <laughs> um, basically, for the remainder of the season, the 20 fucking five, 26 games, whatever it is, we only need to go 500 to get to the number one seed. Um I think Cameron Payne's already proven in the past that he was able to cover off um, a majority of the CP3 minutes, um, even though I think that our other starters basically step it up and cover that off. And I'm really excited about what Aaron Holiday will deliver for the remainder of the season. I I really am. I, I, I think that by the end of the season, he's going to be our number two. I, I agree with you with Aaron Holiday. I've got a lot of hope there. Given that James Jones wanted him from the get-go, and then he went to Indy, then he bounced to the Wizards, and he never really got the love. He never really got given the opportunity by a team that really wanted him. He just took up bench position. Now he's on a team that really wants him and really wants to put him to use. So I'm, I'm with you on that perspective. And before Hammer goes... Season two in a row, Aaron Holiday is our Tory Craig from last year. Cash considerations for the win. Very true. Very true. And that worked out well for us in the past. Mate, I've got no worries about this at all. We're deep. We're rolling as a team. Holiday seems to have slipped straight in. You know what I mean? He's putting up okay numbers just in the little minutes that he's getting. I think I had a look the other day and he had like, <laughs> like nine points in seven minutes or something like that, like just crazy. And like, no, I'm, I've got no worries about it at all, man. We're good. All right. The second point or statement, the All-Star Weekend is dead. Both you gentlemen say thumbs up. You think it's dead. I went thumbs down and I'm going to use your technicality here, Gav, on the fucking wording. All-Star Weekend is dead. I don't believe it is dead i believe it was dead i believe all the changes they've made over the last two years have actually made it worth wanting to watch again because i'm like you i just i gave up on it i I didn't want to see anything i mean i I watched the the three-point contest with book because book was in it but if he wasn't in, i wouldn't watch that but now with all the additions they've made with the the jew shot and the three-point contest the Rising Stars Challenge, I actually really enjoyed the way they did it, splitting it into I four loved teams. this year's format. Pretty good, man. Loved putting, it. Putting the, the classic, the, like the, the old-timers in it, and then getting the Ignite guys, a couple of the Ignite guys in it, and then having a little playoff tournament. I thought that was brilliant. Loved this year's format. We liked, the, we liked the picking of the teams so that it's not just East versus West. It's like everyone pulled in together. Um, we loved the fact that Monty was coaching. I mean, I've got to say, I don't know why you think it's dead. I, I, I mean, it was, and they've resurrected it. So, so you, uh, my thing is, you've mentioned two things. So, number one, I loved what they did with the Rising Stars. I think that completely tipped it on its head, made it a hell of a lot more entertaining, mm-hmm. much better. The Skills Challenge was a fucking crock of shit. The Dunk Contest was a fucking disgrace. And... Everyone's out there spruiking that fucking Cat is the record holder for points in a fucking final because he got four more shots than fucking Devin Booker did. Got a fucking no, 20, one point. 28. He had right? 29. Yeah. Well, finished it, with 29. He got one point yeah, more. Than one, one point more with, with more shots. Flog. And more points available. Yeah, true. Yeah, with the match. Like, yeah. Fuck off. So, look, the three-point comp was, uh, like, I'm with you. I I enjoy watching the three-point comp. The only problem with this year's three-point comp is the best three-point shooter should have been in it, and he wasn't, which is Cam Johnson. 
Yeah, yeah, Dan Holly um, was retired, so. Yeah, no, uh, get there of best, best son's three-point shooter of all time didn't um, shoot in the competition, but uh, the dunk contest this year was a fucking embarrassment. I, I, I got to admit, I, I, I couldn't watch the whole thing. It was fucking horrific. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, Watching Cole Anthony use all six of his dunks. Oh, my God. Jalen <laughs> Green. I was all over Jalen Green. I thought he'd win it. I, and I'd love to see Jalen Green versus Jar Morant, but Jalen Green took 25 minutes to fucking dunk at oh, once. Sorry, you're right. It was Jalen Green, not Cole Anthony. And it was so like, fucking boring. He was the one that walked out with the NFT and hung around Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Neck, right? yeah. That's right. Yep. Jalen yep. Green. That's that's why I switched off. I went the back to dunk I think contest. I was watching Ghostbusters and, or something. And the I last time. You change your opinion on my point guard status now on Cole Anthony now that you know who the fuck he is. Well, well, not paying him to dunk. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. His first dunk was impressive, wearing fucking um, bunnies. Um, his second dunk was well. He didn't do a second dunk. The, the honestly, the fucking judges in the dunk contest this year would have been better than what we fucking watched. <laughs> it was putrid. The dunk contest was a fucking disgrace, an embarrassment. The final was fucking one. Hal Patro Toscano, who didn't even fucking dunk the ball, <laughs> and Obi Toppin, who just went, yeah, all right, I'll dunk it. I, I didn't um, even watch, mate. I literally switched off and oh went back. My, I was watching Ghostbusters from that before horrible. I fell asleep. Dude, it was I did not worst. watch one thing from All Star. It weekend. was the worst not fucking one. thing I've ever Only seen. Highlights. I thought last year's dunk contest was bad. Last year's dunk contest was like Dominic Wilkins versus fucking Michael Jordan's compared to this year. It was fucking horrible. But anyway, 84. I digress. The All-Star game 84. was saved by Steph Curry. Hitting a 50-piece. Uh, he hit a 50-piece, <laughs> but he hit Fuck 15 fucking threes, and some of those threes were fucking ridiculous, contested shit from the logo. Like, Steph Curry saved that fucking All-Star game today, and the last quarter, both sides had a crack. So I'll, I'll give him that, which... We haven't seen since probably Kobe, where they actually played defense and um, made it worthwhile. But uh, they need the, the the NBA desperately, desperately needs to change the format, do something different. Um, someone sent me a message today who said, "Make go back to East versus West, which is fine, um, but make it for home court advantage." in the NBA finals. That's not a bad idea. Give them something to really fight for. Give them something to play for. Whoever messaged that to Gav, man, brilliant. Good idea. But they need to do something because, yeah, the dunk contest, personally, I'd like to see them turn around with the dunk contest and go, okay, well, let's have one or two guys from the NBA, one or two guys from the G League, and one or two guys from the streets. Yeah, pick someone off Instagram. Yeah. Some dudes throwing dunks down on Instagram. Oh, like big to time. So let's put them in the dunk contest. Three-point contest is fine. Let let the NBA players do it. Um, and I think the Rising Stars format this year was quite good. Um, the skills challenge can go fuck itself, though. Just get rid of it. Do you know what I'd replace the skills challenge with? DJ a game, a DJ game of horse. Race. A game of horse. Yeah. Actually, it would be more interesting. <laughs> a game of horse for a Big Mac, like uh, the Larry Bird and Michael Jordan ad. <laughs> Play you for it. Uh, I still disagree that it's dead. I think they're on the road to resurrecting no, everything. Shit. They're making small changes along the way that have made us keep watching. Yeah, the fair, we, well, look, that's a point where actually able to ridicule it means show, we man. watched, right? That's a fair call. That's a fair call. But they, uh, I think they need to make drastic changes right now. And like I said, I'd um, NBA All-Star game, I'd, I would like to see them put something on the line that these guys will play for. That was, whoever that suggestion was, that uh, playing for home court advantage, it's, it's very interesting unless the Suns get to the finals. Yeah. Well, uh, so it's actually. Work, oh, if it goes back to east and west rather than the mixed teams, yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. 
has to be East West. Um, but they, the, 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 basically, they, it came off the back of Major League Baseball. So the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, that's what they do. Wow, okay. They play for home court advantage. Any other comments there, Hamay? No, I'm done. All right, let's go. Last one. That was three. Oh, the MVP. Devin Booker is a legit MVP. Oh, yeah. Candidate. We all agreed, didn't we? Well, I mean, you want to say candidate, whatever. We all agreed, <laughs> whatever wording you use, yes. <laughs> All right. Look, he's at least MVP of our team. He could quite possibly be MVP of our playoff series or our final series. I think it's too far into the season for him to be considered to be MVP of the league. Why? Because he's sitting at like ninth. Yeah, but you, you agreed. No, I agree. I agree. But using your wording, you said candidate. Yeah. I'm talking about finalists like a winner. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't care how you word it. We are the number one team in the league. Yeah. And he is our best player. Yeah. But according to the voting system at the moment... That's not a voting system. That's an opinion piece. Well, okay. The opinion poll, CP3 sitting at number four. Just behind like fucking Luka Doncic or some shit, man. Fucking Joel Embiid, big ass. (laughs) Joel Embiid. Just had too many Big Macs. Joel Joel Embiid is certainly in the conversation. Let's be honest. Having a head like a fish. But what pisses me off is that we are six and a half games clear of the next side in the NBA. And our best player is not a top three candidate for the MVP. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. That is that is an absolute load of shit. Yeah, it but is. it's consistent, Gav. And the reason it's consistently the reason is, a load of shit. That yeah. is the correct. reason is that the reason, reasoning they keep giving is we're we're just a fantastic team who's got a great spread and uh Chris Paul. Fuck you. Devin Booker is easily in the top three of the MVP race right now. You know what, Gav? At least national media is saying his name. It might not the be good... the props we want for him, but at least they're saying his name this year. Do you know the good thing about... Yeah, um, cool. You know the good thing about the CP3 injury? If Devin Booker leads us to a 750-plus record for the remainder of the year, they will have nothing, absolutely zero to not keep that guy's fucking name out of their mouth. All right. All right, so we are we're we're at the end of the pod. We've got to wrap up in an hour or Nate will get uh We got 2 minutes left. Wrap it the f up. So the the very last thing I want to talk about and just remind everyone again, son's trip to the US, if anybody else is keen on coming across for the NBA finals, um make sure you reach out let us know we had another person this week so i think we're up to seven um but realistically we're gonna have to start looking at the accommodation everything this in the probably the next two weeks um but anyone else is keen make sure you reach out now don't hold off let us know that you're interested um and we will start a group chat uh, for the people who want to go so that we could start looking at bookings. But um, make sure you're all over there. Nate, last comments? Yeah, look, because we didn't do the awards, I actually want to give out an encouragement award. I discovered, um, well, not that I discovered it, I just actually paid attention to it this week, the blocks against category uh, in the box score. (laughs) So I want to give my encouragement award to DA. (laughs) He got four blocks against him by the clips in that game this week. Ouch. Yeah. So I'm looking through the defensive player of the week and it came up, he had four blocks against. I laughed. I'm like, oh, I've got to give an encouragement award. So given that we didn't do the awards, that's what I'm going to close with. He, did, he didn't have his best week, DA, <laughs> but he's, he, he'll fight back. Second half of the year, he'll be right. Hamo, last comments? I'll make it quick. Um, guys, if you're interested, check out one of Cable's posts on our page. We're getting some of those um, neck gator headband thingy things made yeah, up with Aussie Sun things, man. Honestly, we only need about another 20 people to get involved. We'll get them nice and cheap. Custom Aussie Suns fans only. Um, thanks to everyone that supports the page. Um, yeah, like, share, subscribe. <coughs> I've just cut Gav off there. He's going to yep. say all of this, but yeah. 
glad to be back and um hi Ezra. <laughs> like share subscribe enjoy um it's been fun again lads i always love catching up with you guys on a monday particularly when i've been in lockdown for the last five days and um locked in with my family for five days i'm gonna kill someone someone send help um mate you're from victoria you're locked up with them for two years already (laughs) (laughs) no i could still at least go out to the shops i can't do that now um like subscribe share all that sort of shit um simmons only has one testicle hopefully we will have a uh, special guest next week and we will record one day earlier but we'll sort that shit out once we hang up here um love your work guys thank you very much for jumping on appreciate it especially while i've been in lockdown uh i've really been wrapped just to speak to some fucking humans um (laughs) and look forward to next week thanks guys goodbye from makai this week hey this is dave king from brightside and the solar panel i want to give a special shout out to your aussie facebook group for suns fans good job keep keep up all the hard work and we'll see you on the solar panel when you guys watch again